0: Welcome to Gillian Swain's book launch for My Skin, Its Own Sky. We were going to do this launch at the Newcastle Writers Festival this year. I um, was very excited about that as part of a, a whole Flying Island launch series. But as you know, all launches have been cancelled. <laughs> Anything in person has been cancelled. So we don't want to miss out. Um, Gillian deserves her launch for mm-hmm. her fabulous book. So we're just doing it virtually. Um, I'm Magdalena Ball and uh, it was my great pleasure to launch this at the If Festival this year and um, I'm about to do it again. So those of us who've heard Gillian Swain reading her work at various slam events, open readings and literary festivals over the year will be rejoicing. I'm sure that there is now a new book of her work following on from her 2001 debut Sang Up. Gillian's poems are so warm, so rich and lovely that being able to read and reread those poems is a joy, and every time you read and reread a poem, it's it's different; it's something new. So it's uh, it's just a delight to have this in my hand. Such a beautiful little book as well. Um, the poetry in my skin, its own sky, reminds me of the work of Bernadette Mayer—a sort of deep engagement with the present and a self-reflexiveness that's enlivened by the details of distraction, looking after children working and earning a living or coping with death, the death of a dear friend or a child's friend or a missing person. The poems cover very familiar terrain and recognizable spaces, but the observation is so intensely close that it becomes abstracted into something both grand and collective. Gillian's choice of words and her arrangements are mindful and unhurried, no matter what the subject. The work has an overarching sense of nostalgia, past and present working in sync, as with one example, the front step. This place grew me, day hot, the lake smiles, back at sky, and I am on the step, the shrubs shoulder in around the shape of memory. Maybe we could get you to read that um, after I finish, Gillian. The work is intimate, sensual, and full of the details of places, spaces, and people who are only able to be created through language and memory now. For example, tongue clicks. Night brings the orb spiders out. He sits on the top step for hours, watching them weave. Teaches me to love them and their rhythmic window-making. Glimpse stars through silk frames. Night looms, move, and sweep. Hypnotic lullaby of an old man's love... For the spiders. The settings are local. Newcastle Baths, Cooks, Cook's Hill, Warner's Bay. Early on in the book, there's a line, This place grew me. And it's out of place that many of these poems are grown or perhaps spun. The stars glimpse through the spider's silk frame becomes magic, a portal out of DNA which links generations. Another example, 32 weeks. I am a walking prayer, an alchemist carrying water. You bring me fire song earth song moon as you can see even from that poem there's a slow sensuousness to this work emotion waves come in and go out a child feeds swims grows day becomes night and always there is walking smelling feeling listening and observing and here's another example shoeless in cook's hill this is one of my favorite poems Fruit-laden treetops wait heavily for harvest. Sweet flesh stripped from palm nuts. Figs chewed up, spat spat out. Feasting bats chatter and chortle in rich, deep indulgence of night. The palms develop around everyday life and are rooted in the body at work. As I've mentioned, caring for children, housework, cleaning, hanging, washing on a line, gardening, watching fireworks on television at New Year's. Gillian takes those subjects that perhaps we can all recognize and turns them into poetry, reminding us that creative processes happen everywhere. Life itself is the creative force. Another example from Other Placely, upended other placely. This is the dialogue of nine-year-olds and water. With such a close gaze, the mundane is elevated to mythological. A cleaner becomes Hera. A woman becomes a tree. Read my leaves bark, splintering falls to to ground like knees. Or a shape-shifting goddess, the divine always lurking below the surface, glittering just beneath the chores or even as the chores. These are poems that are rooted in the natural world. Jacaranda and bees, lotus flowers, straw grass and paddocks, flowers, sunlight, cicada, flying fox, rock, wood, creek. Harmonics slip through narrow spaces, our hosts move bodily to us, fossils laid among our voices. The notes are forests of unread chronicles, and that's from behind the giant bracken. Throughout these poems, we're encouraged to pay attention to what is here, now, the magic in the everyday. As a spoken word artist, Gillian understands the power of breath, and in this collection manages to incorporate breath into the work through rhythms, spaces, pause, a judicious use of the line break, of gaps and silence. Many of the poems in the second half of the book pivot around grief and loss. Collectively, the poems arc like a narrative, moving from ambulance to hospital vigil to death, to packing up a house in the aftermath of what is both an intensely moving and personal journey, and also a way of exploring and sharing a pain that is universal. Gillian does this beautifully in her distinctive style of mindful observation, Sweeping a poetic eye over the scene and letting silence do its work. Here's another example from Too Many Cups. Mouthwash, straw, water, ice, apple, cheese, crackers, too many cups, cough, uh, couch, sick bag, pillows, pump, cannula, oxygen. Though this part of the book is sad and moving, it's also charged with tenderness and even joy. You saw me quaking, bony, fight-wearing, weary -weary fingers squeeze my soul. Your voice slips through the light. Don't cry, my darling. I am so lucky. I am so lucky. And that's from After the Earthquake. My Skin, Its Own Sky. I'm Holding It Up (laughs) It's an intensely honest book, one that doesn't shirk at going into dark places or sharing what is unbearable. But always and throughout this gorgeous collection in every poem, there is a moment of transformation where pain becomes beauty. This is the power of the work. By looking and exploring these domestic, broken and charged moments with the clarity of poetic gaze, Gillian Swain gives them back to us whole. My Skin Its Own Sky is a beautiful and powerful collection by a poet that anyone who's a local will already know and love. I commend it to you and am honored to officially declare it launched online now. (laughs) So, Gillian, um, congratulations on the book. (laughs) I'm sorry. Thank you, Magdalena. I'd probably hug you right now so you can just imagine that (laughs) instead of experiencing (laughs) it. Um,
1: Oh, as many virtual hugs as possible,
0: thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think it would be great if we could just finish off this launch, um, which I will put up everywhere I can, and maybe we can even get it into the NWF uh, virtual thing, but if we can't, I'll put it up everywhere anyway. Um, Can I just get you to read some of the poems from the book? I've given people little hints and tastes, but I really think hearing you read would be a brilliant way to finish this off.
1: Thank you. That would be lovely. I'm just doing everything kind of one-handed, so bear with me. (laughs) Okay. so as you mentioned it in um, your launch speak, I will speak. I'll read the front step. I grew up in a house on the Esplanade at Warner's Bay, so I was lucky because I got to spend a lot of time looking at the water. And uh, this, is, this is about the front step of the house I grew up in. This place grew me, day hot. The lake smiles back at sky, and I am on the step. The shrubs shoulder in around the shape of memory like a cutout. There's always the space to fit right into at the top of the stairs. The path still points to water, over whirr and hum of cars, rolling lip of tired talk at mid sentence, exactly where we left it the last time I walked away. I'll read you one um, for my nan the one you mentioned before is uh, called tongue clicks and that one about the old man's love for the spiders that's about my grandfather and he and i used to sit on my grandparents front step um and look at the spiders uh and then there's another one about my nana so you've mentioned the one about grandfather so i'll read the one about nana it's called forever arms like a cluster of walnuts nan's wet hands still have smooth bits Between bone and wrinkles, those hands were strong, thick, persistent, blanched red, suds, burnt hands, dipping, dunking, rising, rinsing. The twin tub, a supersonic leap from the copper of my toddlerdom, the mangle always threatening to show my fingers how it's done. The ladies drain pots of tea over iced vovos, Rainbow cake for me, and ashtrays. At the gate, they'd salute the sun, hands like peak caps. I'd stand in the shade, hold my hand flat from my forehead to be just like the ladies. Though I'd always linger close to those forever arms that worked a history of family that slung wet washing over swing lines. Endless days spent following you around the house jobs, clean linen, yard. Vast high sky above spies us under the giant giant money tree, gnarly and even older than you. Bath time is two inches deep on a good day. Echoes of wartime parenting. I always slept in your bed, spooned up behind broad, strong back, safer than forever. You recite Hail Marys before sleep, echo, repeat. Ripple me into dreams of rainbow cake, Nan's garden, crisp grass, golden. The piece I'll read you now, um, Maggie, you also mentioned, is called 32 Weeks. 32 Weeks Pregnancy is what it refers to. In that other place deep, my baby speaks in tongues, speaks to me through pulse, flex of limb. I almost know you well. I am learning to read the rhythm of you. I almost, sorry, this imperfect vessel, the shifting knoll of my belly, surrenders to this astral gift. You push my heart. You guide this trance happy in the hands of my hips, the firmament of my womb. I am a walking prayer, an alchemist carrying water. You bring me fire song, earth song, moon. I wait in your rising, strange and secret, slow moving thunder. I will tumble to safe agony, the tilt of ephemeral madness settling bliss the confluence there we will meet again i will know you well i'll just find a couple of others to read Mm. please bear with me with my um one hand there's a piece here um for my girlfriend, she died uh, a couple of years ago. Um, her name was Nikki, and her brother Dave and I grew up together. We knew each other as kids and spent a lot of time having sleepovers. And towards her death, we got to spend a night, the three of us together, in her hospital room with her. And this, this poem's called Sleepover. The Barbies and the soldiers on night duty. Your mum laying out the toothbrushes, weed chorus and frothy giggle. We, pyjama clad, slept all in, tucked up and storied. On sleeping bag nights, the bottom half stayed empty, legs too short to fill. I used to think the model airplanes hanging from the ceiling were the coolest thing ever like the way your bed moves up and down, like all the colours the flowers bring to this grey room, and us three all in hospital blankets, tucked up in bed, on couches, talking at 4am, when nurses break the quiet of sleep to do their checks, the indicators of dying need measuring, the measures of grief need interrupting. The dawn is storied now and stirs with our giggles. This sleepover is breathtaking. Who'd have ever thought we'd get to do this again? All craggy and almost 50. We three here together for all the wrong reasons and tonight your deathbed is joyous.
0: I've heard you read that poem so many times and every time I hear it, it chokes me up a little. And every time I hear it, it's a little different for me as well. So... um what a, what a joy to hear you read. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we were able to do this. I, I might just ask you, like, just a couple of questions, and then um, maybe you can tell everybody where they can get hold of the book as well, or how they can get hold of the book. Um, so, my first question is really just um, it might be fun just to have you talk just a very little bit about how the book came together as a collection. I mean, I know individual poems get written individually, but like, how did you pull it together into this beautiful? little object
1: well with a lot of help really there were some very important people who did a lot of early reading Kerry Shying was very instrumental in um, getting me to Bring things together. Uh, Rob Shackney as well did a lot of reading and feedback. Uh, the wonderful Kit Kellan did priceless editing work and reviewing with me. So all of those things helped me string all those people helped me string together the pieces that were um, worthy of inclusion, and uh, you know helped me polish things up a little. Um, the thing that really brought the collection together was a sense of how sort of the way we actually occupy so many different roles in, in a day and how those of us as, as women, but, you know, as men too, as parents, really, I think, you know, we're out there being the people that we are as well as constantly living through the reality of being family. And for me, that um, comes through in my writing in the sense of, you know, who I am as a child, who I am as a mother, who I am as a partner. And I think that I feel, not alone in that I feel very similar to so many other people. And I just really wanted to try to bring together as many of the impressions of that that I've produced um, that I could that was somehow linked and progressive, if you like, in some sort of timeline.
0: Mm, yeah, Some of the
1: pieces are very old. Some of them are not so old.
0: Yeah, and that really comes through in the way the collection has come together, this idea of, you know, sort of the past and the present and, you know, what's happening outside and what's happening inside ourselves, in the house, outside the house. You know, there are a lot of these different textures that are occurring simultaneously, which is, of course, how life is. So it's, um, yeah, I really feel that comes through in the book. So my second question then, (laughs) and these are are COVID times or or corona times, if you like. Um, but I want, I'm just wondering um, what you're working on now, what's, what's currently um, in hand. And I know that part of all that is, what, you know, the same with all of us, which is coping with um, this you know, sort of daily change in our lives. And, you know, and the many people around us, both of us, for example, as mothers um, and partners and, you know, who need us and who we're trying to, I guess, look after. But at the same time, you know, what are you working on creatively? What's happening in that area? Oh, well. I say well, this knowing I have a, different a bunch of poems to read from you. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> to be honest, um, there's a couple of things going on. One is the uh, spontaneous response to what's going on at the moment, which I'd imagine many of us are doing. So, you know, I'll go from being very quiet and not writing anything much at all to an eruption of stuff. And it all sort of pours out and there's a whole bunch of pieces that are um, very much around how comfortable or uncomfortable I am or what I'm witnessing in other people being comfortable or uncomfortable around this this um, scenario where people are staying at home and whether or not they really want to be doing that. So I guess this kind of material there's going to be a flood of, of this kind of content. And yet in that I'm finding references to other pieces that have been kind of bubbling away in my mind and that I've been... Kind of waiting to write, so I'm hoping that I'll be able to bring those words through. And the other thing that's happening is that um, there's a book that I read last year that has made me write about almost every chapter. Almost every page has inspired me. Like a, it's an ekphrasis of sorts. So I'm hoping to weave those together and work those pieces into a collection. Whether it would be something small, probably, you know a small bundle of things, like a chapbook type size. But anyway, that's one of the other little surprises that I'll be able to bring out to the world, hopefully. Um, and What, it, what is the book? The, other. the book is um, State of Origin by Dr. David Kelly, David Owen Kelly. Excellent. Yeah,
0: so, and, and I was going to um, say, I was going to ask you to give a shout out to something, since we all need to support each other at this point in time in the in the arts. So is that your shout out then? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would say it would have to be. It's a fantastic book and it's, you know, it's not to say there aren't any other uh, just as powerful books that are there and sitting in our hands at the moment. But that book, for me, you know, I find it quite remarkable when I just have to put the book down purely to write something that may or may not be in direct response or that it's dredged up something inside me that, again, has been sitting there waiting to be written. Um, And I feel so, so grateful for that and um, so happy for that to be the process that, it, that that book pushes me into. Um, mm. And I, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised to find that happening. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. Wonderful. Okay, so final thing, and um, then we can stop the recording and really talk. <laughs> um, final point. And can uh, I read one more poem? poem? And then when you finish reading the poem, tell these fabulous people in internet land where they can get the book or how best to get the book from you.
1: Okay, cool. So I'll just read you a piece. Um, I wanted to acknowledge the beautiful artwork, see there mm. on the front of the book? Mm, I'm holding that's that. That's a painting. It's part of a painting called Girl on a Swing by a wonderful artist called, that's my head. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know, my, um, I'm portrait showing the back of it.
1: Was taken yeah. by, I just want to acknowledge Claire Albrecht. She did the wonderful um, poet portrait on the back there for me. Mm. Thank you very much, Claire Albrecht. And uh, the front picture is part of a painting called Girl on a Swing by the wonderful artist called John Maitland. And I want to say thank you to John Maitland and also to Mark Whittock from Cooksville Gallery who helped me communicate with him. Uh, John gave me permission to use that piece of art and um, I just can't, tell you how grateful I am for his generosity because I think it's a beautiful painting like most of his are I love his work and most of his work much like David Kelly's book I can't walk past one of his paintings until I've sat down and and replied to it through a poem which is such a nice thing
0: it's so I this poem there's been there before you read your poem and just go and just pick up on that point because it's I think it's so important that you know as we're all struggling with being kind of confined and away from one another, I feel that this kind of conversation in in the arts between each other's works and between other works is one that's ongoing and so critically important. So I just wanna tag that, you know, conversation mm. between us is, is critical. Mm. Artists support each other, not just mm. um, in material ways, but by also you know, inspiring each other and, and connecting. Mm. And sometimes I feel, mm. you know, that my work, and I, I know you feel the same, um, is also inspired by artists who are no longer alive, but that that kind of conversation is an ongoing one. So I, I, mm. you know, I feel that I'm related in some weird way to dead poets who I love <laughs> um, and who are yeah. very yeah. much alive to me in many ways as I'm working through my work. I feel I can kind of reach across uh, this kind of weird metaphysical. Um, space sure. and kind of yeah embrace them so anyway go read your book
1: oh look but and how lovely is that to have that experience and to bring them to life again and I think too just on that point that you've you've um, amplified is the opportunity that we have to acknowledge each other in the way that we do motivate each other to write or produce art and I think it's really useful and powerful to say it out loud and thank the person or the piece. Um, I know, you know, someone once uh, thanked me for something that I'd somehow caused them to write and it made my day, blew me out, it was wonderful. So yeah, I think it's great. The more we can uh, notice when someone else motivates us, the better and let's say it, let's tell each other. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this poem was in response to a painting of John Maitland's called Fair haired Girls, End of Summer Holes. And so my poem is called Summer Holidays. Broom straw grass whispers to our shins as we wade toward the end of summer holidays, our hair fair and sun-bleached, scruffy clusters like broom straw grass. We have played these days. We have moved stridently across the endlessness of summer, have understood the sky and have become the dry, bending hush of broom straw grass. Our longish white dresses breathe. We look forward and completely occupy each step and have nowhere except the heat-hazed horizon to reach. Nothing is everywhere. Nothing fills our days solidly. Summer sweeps us forward as we are every last delicate chance of magic. We sweep through ethereal we don't know how beautiful we are all we know is floating and sweeping through summer parched paddocks and broom straw grass
0: Mm. perfect poem to end on thank you so much Gillian where do people get this gorgeous little book I love these um
1: I think just direct messaging me would be the way to go so you can reach me via my page on Facebook um I have Gillian Swain Poet. Also, you've, everyone's very welcome to email me. Uh, my email address is gilliswain at gmail, G-R-L-L-I-S-W-A-I-N at gmail.com. I'll
0: put it in uh, the, the show notes.
1: Okay, great. Yeah, so... i will um, link to your ten- page. Yes, that'd be great. So anyone that would like a copy, give me a call and um,
0: I'll get one to you. Yep, that was... $10, she said. Yes, you heard right. They're, yes. They're very inexpensive. That's right. um, absolutely beautiful little book that does fit in a big pocket or a handbag very easily without adding weight.
1: Okay. It's really nice. You know, I've got, got some messages from people saying, oh, I just rode in a train home to Sydney and I just read your book or whatever. It's really lovely. It is. The pocket books are fantastic like that, aren't they?
0: They are. So... Um, You are launched. So I'm going to stop the recording. But thank you so much for listening to us and and joining us today. And um, that's been wonderful.
1: Thank you so much, Magdalena.